Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as how to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work life. This is a very special time, the weekend of September 11th. As such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. His name is Frank Sillerman. Frank has served as chairman and chief executive officer of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation since its inception in 2001. Prior to this, he was an entrepreneur owning several businesses, including a retail operation and a home building company. Blessed morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Frank. Good morning, brother. How are you today? Very, very well and hope you too also. We only have 30 minutes, certainly, so we're going to jump right in the deep end of the pool, if that's okay. But just before we do, kindly share with the listeners from what city and state you're speaking from this morning, please. Well, the same city that I was born in, Staten Island, Staten Island, New York. So I, I go to the same church, uh, Brother Gregory, uh, for uh, nearly 70 years, plus the Sacrament Church on, 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 on Staten Island. And I, I sit in the same pew that my mother and father and my seven siblings, uh, we all used to sit in, in that church uh, together. So uh, oh. yeah, it's as fond memories I have and it's a beautiful church. And I'm, uh, so to answer your question, I'm Staten Island, New York. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful borough. That's for sure. Let's jump right into it, Frank, certainly. Tell us about your life. What was it like prior to September 11th? 2001. Well, I, I have a very busy life. I'm I married. I was 48 um, on the, you know, tomorrow be, you know, 21 years. And I, I was 48, um, almost 49 uh, on that faithful day. Uh, three kids, um, two were in college. Uh, one was a uh, freshman uh, uh, in the eighth grade. And um, you know, I have other siblings and it was just, it was just going along beautifully to be quite frank with you. I mean, it wasn't perfect. Nobody's life is perfect, but it was, I remember saying to my brother, Russell, God rest his soul, uh, that after September 11th, uh, you know, a few months later, I said, Russ, I mean, life was damn near perfect up until that day and, and how, how much it changed, not just my life or my family's life or my sister-in-law's life and my brother, Stephen's five kids life. Um, and all the nephews and nieces, but all of America and the world for that, for that matter. No doubt about it. You mentioned, Stephen, you mentioned that several siblings. Uh, share with us a little bit about your relation with your brother, Stephen, please. 
Well, you know, for so to really to get the full understanding of the great loss my family had of my little brother, Stephen, um, you have to know that he was a miracle uh, to us. He, he was a gift from God. Uh, so when my father was 49 and my mother was almost 45, she gave birth to my brother, Stephen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, he, he was, a, he, like I said, a gift. And um, I was closest in age. I was uh, 14 years older than him. And wow. my father was 25 years older than him. So, and then all the, uh, you know, another uh, four siblings in between there. So there was seven of us. And um, so he was really a, a blessing for us. It really became the focal point, the really core of our family. Just like we all gravitated. It was like, I, I, I laughed because my brother George said it was like we had a puppy and we had, everyone could pet, you know, the puppy. <laughs> and uh, so he got a lot of attention. But, you know, um, when, when Stephen was eight and a half years old, our father passed away. Oh. And suddenly he had an embolism. Uh, he was in for uh, a, a pretty simple oper operation and uh, blood clot to the heart. And so anyway, so he, he, he was gone. And Stephen was obviously crushed. And an eight and a half year old boy, you know, losing your father like that. It was, it was terrible. And I remember him saying to my mom, you know, mom, you're not going to die on me. Right. He was so afraid that my mother was going to die. Oh. Of course, she reassured him that she'd be okay, but we know that you can't reassure that. You don't know the day nor the hour, right? As, as it said. Um, and um, and a year and a half later, my mom passed away of cancer. Oh, my goodness. At 10 years old, Stephen was, was orphaned, but he was blessed. He was fortunate that he had much older siblings and yes. that you all played a major part in his upbringing. But he did live with my brother, Russell, in Rockville Center, you know, Stephen was born in Staten Island. We all were born in Staten Island. But uh, at that age, he ended up moving out to Rockville Center out in, in Long Island. And Russ and my sister-in-law, Jackie, didn't have any children. They weren't able to have children. And, uh, and you know, Stephen was like their the son. He really was oh, like, wow. they're, now they're 35 years old or so. And, and you know, he was at the age of being a, a, a good parent. But uh, Russell gave him all the time, all the attention. I want to let you know that Russell himself was uh, very close to being a Franciscan priest. Wow. He was in St. Francis Seminary on Staten Island and went up oh. to Rensselaer, up to uh, college up in Rensselaer. I'm, I'm sure you know the, the, the uh, you know, where, where everyone goes to study, you know, sure. the Franciscans. And he did, uh, did all that. And just before becoming a priest, he did uh, change his mind. Uh, but he was very saintly, uh, my brother Russ. He was our spiritual leader. Now, my, Russell died uh, a couple of years ago, Alzheimer's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He was such a brilliant person, you would never think. But obviously, there's another instance where you can't figure out life. Sure. Uh, um, and he was our spiritual leader for the foundation. And he brought a lot of the Franciscan uh, beliefs that we have as a foundation, you know, what we follow, the a lot of the teachings of St. Francis, my brother Russ, but most certainly my parents, who were both part of the third order of St. Francis. Oh, my goodness. How beautiful. So we, we, we had a very strong spiritual um, foundation in our lives of being keep things very simple and pure and do for others. Um, we were taught that at a very early age. And then, of course, you know, Stephen, go back to Stephen so you understand the impact. 
Stephen moves off Staten Island at 18 years old, moves back, lives with me, gets reintroduced to, uh, to a girl that he used to walk to school with when he was seven, eight, nine years, <laughs> years old, fall in love, they get married, oh. five kids, and uh, he becomes a firefighter uh, when he was 27. He worked with me for 19 years in the business that I had. Wow. Uh, still worked with me to the, to, to, the, to the day he was gone um, and he gave his life. Um, and, and so you just put all that together. So, you know, when we lost Stephen on 9-11, it was, uh, it was devastating uh, to the family. We knew we had to do something to honor. Is that where the whole concept from Tunnel to Towers came from? Maybe you can talk a little bit about that, please. Actually, what happened with Stephen on 9-11? How yeah. the whole Tunnel to Towers came to be, please. So Stephen's a firefighter now for seven years. He's 34 years old. Um, he's in an elite company in Park Slope in Brooklyn, Squad One. You are. You're familiar with. Very much so, yeah. Yep. So uh, he trains to help other firefighters in critical conditions, in critical situations. He's an elite firefighter. Um, he's on his way home. He's finished his night tour. And like I said, in squad one in Brooklyn, he's going to play golf with my brother, Russ, my brother, George, and myself, the four brothers were going to play golf. We didn't oh really gosh. have an opportunity to do that too often. Now we played separately together, you know, at different times, but to get all four brothers together, was no small task. And um, so we were so looking forward to it. And it was such a beautiful day. Everyone remembers that, what it was like in New York that day. Um, and, um, but he heard on his radio scanner after he finished his night tour that the towers were hit. So he turns around, he drives his truck back to squad one to get his gear, his fire company, you know, they already responded. So the fire truck was gone already. Um, he gets his gear, puts it in his, uh, his own truck, drives to the mouth of the Brooklyn battery tunnel. For your listeners that don't know, that's a tunnel that connects Brooklyn with downtown Manhattan, not too far away from ground zero. When you come out the other side, that tunnel is nearly two miles long. It was closed for security reasons. They weren't letting people go through into New York. The towers were hit already. So they closed that, that you know, they weren't sure. letting people go through. There were cars abandoned in the tunnel. You know, people were listening. They were running from their cars. So um, Stephen pulls his car over on the highway, comes to a screeching halt. Eyewitness told me exactly what they saw comes to a screeching halt, puts the 60 pounds of fire gear on his back and runs through that tunnel. Now he's seen in that tunnel by different people, comes out the other side, hops on the back of a fire truck a little bit, goes up to the corner of Liberty and West, hops off the back of the truck. And I'm sure he finds out where his other firefighters are, you know, because you, you want to fight, you know, do this with you guys you train with every day. And uh, which they were, most of them were recovered in the South Tower. So I'm sure he found out he's in the South Tower, goes into the South Tower, and while saving other lives, give up, gives up his own. I oh. mean, the greatest act of love, right? And saving people. He didn't know who these Americans were or people were. And he's in there uh, doing his job, as so many first responders were that day, and so many lay people as well, uh, that were so many acts of heroism that day. Um, but when, uh, when we found out what he had done, we were so moved um, that uh, we said we have to do something to honor 
his final acts. And, and we weren't looking to do anything big or that special or anything. I want you to know that it was just a very simple idea that we wanted to honor our little brother. Wow. Also tunnel to towers because he ran through the tunnel to the towers. So the overall mission really, Frank, was, was to honor Stephen? Was that really the overall mission? To honor Stephen and all those who perished that day and to make sure we didn't forget what happened that day. That, that you know, that you know, our first mission was to make sure that we never forget what happened on September 11, 2001. And, uh, and then we, you know, we were doing little things. We were helping kids out of first responders and, and that lost a parent or parents, not from 9-11, just in general, you know, to help them out with small scholarships, you know, $2,500, $1,000, you know, whatever we could do in the beginning. And, uh, but here's the thing. When we decided to have this foundation, we didn't know what we we're going to do to fund it and how we were. Going. Oh, wow. So we were talking, we had a meeting and meeting and, and, and we weren't happy with anything, you know, uh, you know, do a golf outing, do a dinner, you know, do, you know, a gala, do, you know, a run, do, do, you know, all different things. And they were all beautiful, all beautiful in themselves. But I want to do something special because Stephen did something so special. I wanted to recognize that. And I said, how could, because we were saying, no, 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 no. Because until you hear the right thing, it's not the right thing. Sure. And then one of uh, uh, Stephen's friends, Billy Codd, calls me up and says, Frank, how about if we have a run? I said, Billy, we talked about a run. You know, I mean, you know, let's, you know, it's nice, but, you know, you know, I'm not saying no, but, you know, he goes, no, I don't mean just a run. I'm talking about a run, what Stephen did, run through the tunnel and, and finish at ground zero. Oh, oh I, my goodness. I was so overcome with emotion, you could imagine. Mm. something is blessed from the beginning you know you have to do it you have no choice not only did i want to have to do it i wanted to do it and um and i was just so overcome i said billy don't say anything to anybody because we're gonna go do this but we have to find everything <laughs> up first I, I i really was brought to tears sure so I, I managed to get a meeting with the uh, the commissioner of um, uh, Department of Transportation, Bob Adamanko. All right. So I'm going back 22 years now, uh, 21 years now, right? Um, and um, so I have this meeting and I go to and I ask him if he has different agencies because I want to, you know, to talk to them about doing a possible run. And I got there a half hour early on purpose and I asked his uh assistant, can I kind of go talk to Mr. Adamaco? I just want to, I just want to tell him a little bit about Stephen and stuff. So he invites me in and I tell him Stephen's story. Like I just explained, oh, you know, wow. Stephen's, you know, born, you know, my parents were older. He was a little miracle. He, he, my, my father died when he was eight and a half. My mother, when he was 10, he's orphaned. We raise him. He comes back to Staten Island, gets married to the girl next door, has five <laughs> kids, becomes a firefighter, 9-11, runs through the tunnel, you know, and, and saves, uh, uh, gives up his life. And, and, I, and he goes, Frank, what do you want? I said, I just want to close the tunnel in the street so we could run. And he gets up out of behind the desk and he's, I mean, you know, he's overcome. I mean, just oh, wow. he hugs me and he says, we're going to get this done. We'll close any street that you need to get closed. <laughs> it's on the phone. You talk about miracles, right? I mean, this is the, one of the first miracles of the foundation. 
he calls a guy named Gideon Davis and he calls Gideon and he says, Gideon is from the bridge and tunnel authority. And he says, I'm here with Frank Silla. His brother ran through, you know, tells a quick story. And he says, can we close the tunnel in late September? Gideon says, yes, we could do that. Oh, wow. In, in a half an hour or 15, 20 minutes, we had the uh, streets closed and the tunnel closed. And then I had to go into the other agencies. But it was all the work was almost all done oh. uh, in, in the beginning. So because wow. you hear Stephen's story, it's remarkable. It's inspiring. And uh, we wanted to honor. So we, we knew the first year that we did it. So it was close to the first anniversary of 9-11. And this, oh. will be, this will be the 21st run that we've had Wow! coming up. Well, we always do it in the last Sunday in September. We don't do it on September 11th. We won't do it tomorrow because we want that day sacred for so many 9-11 families. We want to uh, take it away from anybody else. But from the very beginning, we honored every first responder. We had a, a flag for every firefighter who uh, gave the life and police officer and first responder they gave their life and the names of everyone who perished that day, all 2,960. Oh, from the first run, from the first oh. run, we made sure that we, we uh, remembered everybody because this is a lot more than just about Stevens. Personal for me and my family, sure. but the, the run itself is a thousand runs inside this run. Thousand families come uh, uh, and then some that, that lost somebody or knew somebody that were, they were close to on, on 9-11. So, so that's how we decided to, to start funding. Uh, and we didn't raise much money, don't get me wrong, because it, it's not inexpensive to put on an event in New York City. Sure, absolutely. But that being said, it was great. And we were so proud of, of, of what we did. We had people laughing at us saying, you're going to close a tunnel. You think you're going <laughs> to close downtown, a, a part of Brooklyn and downtown Manhattan and, and and uh, on a Sunday, you know, in September, when people roll back from work, you know, going, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it, it, it happened and it's been happening. Wow. So this year, later this month, there'll yeah. be the next run? The 25th, yes. Wow. How so many- join us, go to T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And you could still register to, to come and, and do the run. We'll have nearly 40,000 people that will come and do it. Tens of thousands, first responses, mostly firefighters and, and police officers. Uh, they run, thousands of them running gear, like my brother did. We have, we have 2,500 West Point cadets that run in cadence. Oh my goodness. We have all the injured, and I'll talk about our programs in a moment, but we have injured service members, catastrophically injured service members. They start the race an hour earlier than, 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 than everyone else runs. They, they lead us and the West Point cadets have like, like they have a procession that protects them, you know, cordon, you know, to protect them as they're going through. And then West Point goes behind them and, and, and runs behind them. So uh, it, it's, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. I suggest, um, so some running magazine was voted us the most inspirational 5k event in America. And it is all about uh, honoring what happened on September 11th. And it's also about honoring the 7,000 men and women that we lost since 9-11 who protect us overseas. 7,000 families. Wow. That is absolutely- oh, we have the pictures. We have pictures of all 7,000 men and women that gave our life for our country. It lines the route of the, of, of the uh, what my brother ran. Uh, oh. 
September 11, 2000. That is amazing. So that's going to be September 25, as you say. Um, uh, there are still opportunities for our listeners if they want to uh, to participate. That is incredible. Now, if I perceive correctly, you've gotten involved, Tunnel the Towers, in some different programs to help various uh, stakeholders, if you will. Tell us about a couple of these, Frank. Yeah. So here's what we do. We build specially adapted smart homes for our country's most catastrophically injured service members. We've built over 100 of them all over the United States, and we have another 100 that are, in, that are actually 73 right now that are in uh, design stage, buying properties and or building. All right. These are just for the most catastrophically injured servicemen, double, triple, quadruple amputees, oh. quadriplegics, uh, paraplegics, traumatic brain injury. We, we have one that we built for somebody who had tremendous brain damage, uh, uh, traumatic brain injury. And also he was a double amputee. And in his smart home, we build them smart homes. He's able to turn the TV on and uh, turn the channels with his eyes and stuff. So he could, oh my gosh. He could still watch TV and stuff. And his wife is a saint. Um, oh. um, and so we put these technology in these houses. And it, it, there's uh, so many miracles that, I, that, I, that I'd like to tell you about. Uh, but I know that I've been talking a lot already and I can't even give you all the, the, the stories. But the guy that's, that came, the first house we ever built, for Sergeant Brenda Morocco was on Staten Island, quadruple amputee, first ever quadruple amputee to survive any war was from my hometown, Stephen's hometown. Oh, my goodness. I visited him down to Walter Reed. I said to him, Brenda, can we build you a home, a mortgage free home? And he humbly accepted. And while doing so, I had this guy show up every day that had a smart home technology business. And he said, why don't we put this in the house? Why don't we put that in the house? Because I wasn't building a smart home because I'm not that smart. <laughs> and, and I said, do it, do it, do it. And so we built the first smart home. But that guy who had his own business, gave up his business. He's in charge of building all these houses for us all over the United States. Another miracle, another miracle. But then if you recall, December 20th, 2014, detectives Lou and Ramos were assassinated in New yes. just because they were police officers. Some crazy person from Baltimore thought it was OK to come up and, and walk behind a car, a cop car and 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 just and just blast them in, in the head and, and assassinate them. And that's exactly what they did. But we found out the family, I found out that the, they were worried. The families are left behind about their home. Are they going to be able to stay in their home? So this happened December 20th. On December 24th, I went to visit him uh, with the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani, oh. Christmas Eve. And uh, we went uh, and we were to, together on Christmas Eve. And I told them, we're going to pay off your mortgage. Oh. You're oh gonna, my goodness! We're going to pay off your mortgage, and we and we raised the money in in a few days enough to pay off their mortgage and enough to renovate their homes. So it was it was uh, already. So then we saw the importance of look at all these first responders that die for us every single day, right? That protect us, that give us our are, safety, whether it's our home on fire, whether it's our community streets, you know, to give us a place where our family can live in safety. Nothing more important. And and so but now when they die, we if they die in the line of duty, we pay off their mortgages. Any police officer, any firefighter, any first responder in the country that dies in the line of duty that has a young family, you have to have a young family. You know, if you're single or you're much older, 
you know, if you're 65, uh, 60 years old and your kids are out of the house already, sure. there's no need for that. But if you have a young family, we're going to take care of you. And, um, you know, we've done uh, the last two years, nearly 400, just, just the last two years, 400 mortgages that we've paid off for fallen first responders. And we do the same for Gold Star families. For those of the listeners that don't know what a Gold Star family is, it's a family that loses their loved one in the line of duty overseas for our country or, you know, for our country protecting us. If they have a young family, we're also going to take care of them. And we've done that uh, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gold star families that have younger kids uh, left behind. So these are our programs. These are our programs until this year where we just added a new uh, important endeavor where we want to eradicate homelessness amongst our veterans. There's nearly 40,000 homeless veterans. These people went to serve us. They went to protect their lives on the line and they come back and they've seen horrific things. They live through horrific things. So for whatever the reason, they can't get back in society. They can't reacclimate reacclimate themselves to society and they're out on the street. And we need to take care of these souls because it is our duty. We have to let them know that they're not alone, that they're loved and they have some hope in their life. St. Francis of Assisi, right, said, you know, where, the, where there is despair, let us bring hope. Mm, absolutely. We need to do that, oh. what we're doing. We're not just going to put a roof over their head and we're building these houses. They're called comfort homes. That's what we call them, comfort homes. They're about 500 square foot. They're not tiny homes. Tiny homes are about 150 to 200 square feet. Sure. We want to give them more. We want to give them a living room where they can watch TV, a kitchen, and a bedroom, and some comfort. We need to give them some comfort. Oh. We're also going to give them all the necessary help they are going to need to get back in society. So whatever necessary services they're going to need, and it's it's uh, thorough. It, it's been thoroughly thought out. We have great organizations we're working with. Some have been doing this, not building these houses and not getting them off the streets, but do have um, the ability to make sure that they get all the services they need uh, to, to get back into society. So we're so proud of that. 500 this year alone, wow. 100 service members off the street this year. It's a small number for us, because our goal is to, I say, eradicate it. And we'd like to do maybe 2,500 next year. Oh. And then maybe 5,000 a year after. It takes a while to get going. Sure. Uh, we, need to, we need the help of everybody listening. Uh, if they, once again, they go to t2t.org uh, and they want to join us, we ask everybody to do as little as $11 a month. That's not too much to ask, $11 a month. And, you know, if the, the over a million people do it, we could take care of all these uh, great people. And, and wow. we're going to get it done because it's it's just the right thing to do. And we have to take care of these great men and women who give it all, but willing to die, Brother Gregory, for you and for me. Isn't that amazing? We better Isn't take care amazing? of the families left behind and the guys that come home that can't, um, that live in the street. We got to take them off the street. I want to give this website one more time. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org. Listeners, please. I know I've been greatly motivated the last half hour to support the great organization, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. I encourage you as well. T to T. 
www.ghostdoc.org. The next run is going to be Sunday, September 25. As Frank said, there's still open spots there. Uh, and you've now whet my appetite. I think I'm going to get my lazy fanny out of bed that morning and, uh, and come down as well. We've only got about two minutes, Frank, sadly, but one very, very important question. How do you recommend the listeners and me tomorrow, September 11? What should we do to never forget the events of 21 years? Well, first, I think we need to pray. Pray for our country. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our first responders. And pray for all the families that lost somebody 21 years ago. Tomorrow morning at 7.15 a.m., I'll be down there with some beautiful Americans. And we'll be doing a prayer service for just that reason. To pray, because it's through prayer that we get things done, without a doubt. And America has moved away. A lot of Americans have moved away from that. And I could say you firsthand... I've had so many things happen in my life that I've prayed so hard for that I've seen happen in, in the, maybe not exactly in the timeline that I want, <laughs> but it happens. Um, and um, so it's just important that we pray for all, all these families that we lost 21 years ago and pray for all those that continue to, uh, to protect us and come together as Americans because we all are one. And it was proven 21 years ago when it happened. We all came together. And, and, and I know we would again, God forbid. I know we would again. America is the greatest country that's ever existed. But it, it's formulated on the trust in God. In God we trust. And if we, if, we give, if, we, if we do that, we live a good, clean life. And St. Francis of Assisi said, and I'll end with this, brothers and sisters, while we have time, let us do good. And what we're doing as a foundation is good. And if people could join us on this mission to take care of the greatest of all Americans, those who are willing to die for you and I, I think it cleans us as a, as a, as a human being. And uh, yeah, we're helping other people, but at the same time, we, we, we are rewarded internally and spiritually to go out and even do more. So I can't thank you enough for having me. Oh, oh the honor has been awesome. I lost my brother 21 years ago. And to be able to speak about him and all the great work uh, that the foundation is doing. And I, I, I just uh, thank you very much. The honor has been all ours, Frank. So thank you. And we're going to be saying extra prayers for you and the foundation, especially tomorrow on Sunday, September 11th. And I hope to see you on the 25th of September uh, down for that uh, that great walk. Certainly, Maybe you could do a blessing in the beginning. Oh, I would be absolutely honored. We'll have to talk about that, no question. Okay. Listeners, sadly, we're out of time. Brother Greg saying our hope and prayer is that you wake up on Monday morning, just like Frank Siller does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. We wish all of you a very, very blessed memoration of September 11, 2001. Tomorrow, September 11, 2022. Until next week, we say God's peace and love be with you. Bye-bye.